Welcome to the BPH360 Podcast. Enlarged prostates cause unnecessary misery for you and those around you. Hi, I'm Dr. Wayne Kwong, supporting you and your doctors as we talk about solutions and educate BPH sufferers, physicians, and medical practices about replacing the standard old-school pill-first approach with a state-of-the-art, pro-diagnostic, data-first paradigm. We do deep dives into exciting, powerful, and emerging technologies that simply did not exist 10 years ago. Proving prostates are villains and bladders are their victims, knowledge is the cure that will right this wrong. Here we go. Well, welcome to the BPH Breakdown. This is our first time trying to go live streaming with this. There's probably going to be um, some glitches, so feedback is really appreciated. Uh, we'd like to know if you like the background music, if you're getting good reception, if this is how you like to see your content. Um, let us know because it's um, really important that as the man versus prostate now is tribe is growing across the country, across the world, whether it's in Pakistan to Australia to South America. We need a way that we can all share in our um, shared mission, right? To prioritize the preservation of bladder health for BPH patients. And so with that, I just wanted, it is the last day of Bladder Health Month here, at least in the Americas. And I just wanted to wrap some things up also to just highlight some of the things we've accomplished this year together. So let's just take a look at some slides here that I've put together for you guys. Um, I think the year really for us was sparked and ignited by defender Amanda Chung from Australia. Her research, I mean, she's amazing, folks. You guys should really look her up. If you guys are uh, residents looking for fellowships, I know she's starting a fellowship out there. Tremendous um, asset to the urologic community. And what she has done is really painted a face or helped us glimpse into what it looks like for when bladders undergo bladder death and dysfunction. She has allowed us to actually look into its eyes and see it through electron microscopy that like you can see here, where over time, as bladder death and dysfunction ensues, we begin to see the detrusor muscle begin to look destroyed. And shedding light on that, correlating it with the macroscopic findings of trabeculations, we cannot forget that as defenders of the detrusor, we bear our cystoscopic swords and our pressure flow shields. But cystoscopy is the tip of the spear for us and diagnostics of getting a bladder health baseline, seeing those trabeculations, trust our eyes, trust the truth of trabeculations, that that is a bladder that needs our attention. And today on November 30th, we do this in solidarity with the Italian Brigade of Defenders of the Detruza, who right now are assembled in Rome, Italy, speaking at this time about the preservation of bladder health and the man versus prostate crusade under the leadership of Dr. Luca Sindolo. And together, his brigade of other Italian urologists are pushing forward on that front together, helping us all identify deobstructive technologies for the right patient at the right prostate at the right time within the window of curability. I put this slide up to remind us what we are doing. Yes, we are prioritizing the preservation of bladder health. We're putting an end to the polypharmacy epidemic. We are preventing late stage BPH 
In the next decades, we are about to be hit by the largest tsunami of late-stage BPH, and it is going to hit our doorsteps. Unless we are prepared, it could be devastating to multiple healthcare systems throughout the world. We need to be prepared. Together this year, we were able to help for a patient perspective with a decision-making aid to help break down the surgical categories into four main categories, list, missed, ist, and most. It's important that all of us have tools in our tool belts for each of these categories, at least an action plan or an offering that together we can stand side by side with our men with BPH and help them make the best decision even faster about their prostate care by highlighting what's at stake if a definitive decision is not made about their prostate care. And we do that by highlighting that their bladder health is at risk. Together this year, we also highlighted that to have an efficient BPH care pathway, we looked, need to look at four elements of BPH care or BPO care. One is economic sustainability, tipping the hat to Dr. Luca Sintolo for helping us really refine that term that yes, we need to be accountable and the changes we make in the BPH care pathway have to be economically sustainable. Treatment durability, for which we have done a great job of understanding these different technologies in the different categories, list, missed, ist, and most, understanding the treatments, the treatment failures, and how to accommodate for both. Then there's also man's vitality, right? How do we preserve it, honor it, respect it, optimize it? Looking at that, we know that it's important to appreciate their physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, sexual, financial health, and make sure that we're keeping that top of mind for each of our guests as we personalize their care. And then also the window of curability, highlighted this year in 2023 by Dr. Klaus Rohrburn at the Mogus meeting in February. It's the right timing. We need to focus on the pre-treatment phase of the BPH care pathway, where how do we optimize the efficiency with which we make the decision to intervene? And Dr. Lori Lerner, we tip our hat to defender Lori Lerner for really highlighting at the AUA Chicago all that we have achieved treatment phase and the post-treatment phase of the BPH care pathway. And what's amazing is that all of you urologic giants Upon your shoulders, we have built a great paradigm so far, and now we have extra bandwidth that we can now devote to the pre-treatment phase so that we can have an index case where the man was does not have to wait until his bladder, like the one shown in this slide, has gotten thickened and dysfunctional. And so in that pre-treatment phase, we need to focus on educating all our BPH patients with the proper bladder health counseling. We need to explain to them what they should be bothered by, which is that their bladder health is at risk. And we tip our hats once again to the Italian brigade, Luca Sindolo, uh, Alessandro, um, uh, oh, I forgot oh, I apologize. It's on the next slide. As well as Emmanuel Rubalota. Together, this, these three musketeers really went out on a limb and looked at our five stages of bladder health that I created over the pandemic and said, hey, this is a good patient education tool. And they put their perspective on it. Please go ahead and read that. It's in the great journal of nature, prostate cancer and prostatic diseases. And I think that's a great opportunity for you guys to learn more about it and be able to share that with your patients. And remember the five stages of the bladder health are 
things are going to slow down. The overactive bladder, the rebellious child, the heart attack, heart failure, or in more academic terms, benign prostatic obstruction, detrusor overactivity, urge urinary incontinence, acute urinary retention, as well as detrusor underactivity. And on this slide, just really in brief, the new vision is, yes, the BPH care pathway can be broken up in a pre-treatment phase, treatment phase, and a post-treatment phase. Historically, we have included medications as part of the treatment phase. We have given it the very first position in lines of therapies. But in truth, medications are just temporizing measures. They are not therapeutic measures. Chemicals do not de-obstruct. BPH, BPO, benign prostatic obstruction, is a mechanical problem that deserves a mechanical solution. So our journey as urologists does not stop as soon as we give medications that may or may not improve or resolve symptoms. It just buys us time so we can do a careful evaluation, get the proper bladder health counseling, the proper bladder health baseline, the proper diagnostic studies, so we can help de-obstruct for the right prostate for the right patient at the right time within the window of curability. And as a result, the man versus prostate manifesto hopefully will come out next year. But in essence, our prime directive is not just to manage symptoms. We can do better. We must do better. We have the technology in this golden era of BPH. And so, yes, our prime directive, our true north, is the preservation of bladder health. And as a result, There'll be two main parts to the manifesto. The first part will be looking at the basic management to preserve bladder health, which will involve a bladder health counseling, bladder health baselines for all BPH patients so that we can risk stratify them based on how at risk their bladders are. And the second part, we'll be looking at it from a surgical standpoint where we are prioritizing the preservation of bladder health and looking at this trifecta of not just prostate size, but also prostate shape and detrusor function as a way to guide that shared decision-making process to intervene at the right time within the window of curability, always prioritizing the preservation of bladder health. And on the far right here on the slide at the bottom, it is now going to be possible if we relegate medications to where they deserve to be, which is in the category of temporizing measures, along with other things such as catheters or Foley catheters for that guy that goes into retention. He goes into the emergency room and we put in a temporizing measure, a Foley catheter, to buy us time for a more comprehensive evaluation. And we all need to consider the pros and cons and the benefits, the impact on our healthcare systems if we truly adopt the concept that men starting age 50 need bladder health screening, potentially with cystoscopy, similar to how colonoscopy can be used to screen for colon cancer, Mammograms can be used for screening for breast cancer. We need to be looking at bladder health because, as we all know, there's only one bladder, right? And there's only two main organs that cannot be transplanted, the brain and the bladder. Yes, the bladder is that amazingly complex. And today, we also want to honor and express our gratitude to all those of the tribe, obviously all the urologists here and abroad, but also the mid-level providers. On our journey, we've really encountered this year some amazing folks whether um, Scott Young or Carl Armstrong from the UK, who's pioneering some great um, primary care initiatives to really enhance education for bladder health for BPH patients in the UK in the National Health Service, and Ariana Rudd from the St. Louis Urology Lug Pug Group. She is amazing as a nurse navigator and has put together some great educational 
um, tools for her team and her physicians to help them understand the priority of preserving bladder health. I want to also thank all of you from the healthcare industry. This year was the first year we celebrated Healthcare Industry Representative Appreciation Day or HIRAD on September 21st, which is the fall equinox. And on our journey, we've encountered so many great defenders of the Jetruiser, whether it's Charles Foster all the way in Australia, Julio Lajera, and Mauni Kiovale. I apologize, I totally ruined that name. As well as folks in the industry, Catherine Song, or Justin Miller, or Ryan Schneider, in the diagnostic field. And as well, as always, the elusive but the ever-present bladder man, John Pfeiffer from SRS Medical. Making appearances, bladder man, donning the black tights and the red suit to remind us all that we are all defenders of the detruser. And while we playfully talk about that, there are amazing heroes in our midst. Today, we tip our hats and we, to hero Derek Herrera, we thank you for your service in the military where you were injured in the line of duty. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And we salute you. We, we appreciate you as through grit, resilience, strength, ingenuity, entrepreneurship, you've gone on to get an MBA and then gone on to start three biomedical companies, most recently Bright Euro. Um, I have no disclosures here. I don't work with them other than that they've done a lot of research with the Cleveland Clinic, which is my alma mater. And they have great voiding dysfunction experts there um, where they're really developing and implementing some fantastic urodynamic technology, which will be interesting to watch over time. And so I just want to take this time, um, Derek Herrera, to uh, salute you and thank you for your service and, and honor you today. So thank you for all that you've done. And finally, uh, BPH Podcast 360, we're still working on it. I'm working through a lot of kinks even today, trying to, try to see if I can live stream um, and do video podcasts. And that's coming out hopefully in the spring equinox, a lot of fine tuning to go there. And then finishing up here, let it be written, so let it be done. We tip our hats in um, appreciation for the academic leadership of Defender, Dr. Welliver. As he says, the days of always delaying definitive treatment for benign prostatic hyperplasia until men fail medications are over. Well said, so true. Let it be written, let it be done. We have work to be done, especially I think next year, one of the main guidelines will need to make a change, whether it is the NICE, I think the Commonwealth, which uses that, is home to 2.5 billion people. It's one-third of the world, 56 member countries. They can have an incredible impact when they change their guidelines to prioritize the preservation of bladder health. Of course, I'm always rooting for the American Urologic Association, but also for our European counterparts with the European Association of Urology. And that push is being really fought hard on the European front by the Italian brigade led by Luca Zindolo. And so, yes, we are defenders of the Jetruiser. Let's go save more bladders. Let's help transform lives. Let's help men live the best version of themselves, chemical-free and catheter-free. And we can do that because as defenders of the Jetruiser, we hold the light in our hands. This is the light and the truth. And in this world that seems crazy at times, dark and filled with shadows, we have something that we can hold on to that we can share at all levels. On my trip to Buenos Aires, remember at that art exhibit, there was those two words. How do we inhabit our spaces and transform them in a positive direction? 
So as we inhabit our spaces, whether it's a healthcare industry rep, a mid-level, a urologist, a healthcare system, how do we really inhabit that space, understand that space, and begin to transform and create a positive ripple effect together as we prioritize the preservation of bladder health for all men faced with BPH and benign prostatic obstruction? All right. Well, I hope that helped a little bit. Let me know if this is uh, how you guys would like to receive information, if that was useful. If not, what time of the week you think you'd like to hear these things? Um, once again, this is just an experiment and uh, look forward to your feedback and sending you guys all positive thoughts for the holidays. And we'll see you in the next year. All right. Sending love. Take care. Bye. That does it for the episode. If this is your first time tuning in, subscribe to the podcast to know when each new episode goes live. Show notes are available at bph360.com, as well as links that greatly expand on the information you need to know. Leave us a review. Tell us what you discovered. Which episode is your favorite? Request topics for us to talk about in the future. Download your free copy of the five stages of bladder health and drill into free educational videos available at manverseprostate.com. Remember, you could be just days away from bragging about peeing in a five-foot arc again. This information should not be construed as medical advice. Please talk to your doctor before changing your wellness routine. This is not intended to provide a medical diagnosis, recommendation, treatment, or endorsement.